Dear Flynn, Happy 8th birthday. Exactly one year ago today, when you turned 7, I was traveling in a far-off land called Vietnam. While I was there, I came across the most beautiful and mysterious place I had ever seen. I was so amazed by its beauty that I had to find out the story behind the land. The fable of the land's creation and its many legends was so fantastic that I realized I needed to tell you. So, for your 8th birthday, I began to write the story down, but then I got stuck. After hundreds of years, some of the details of the story had been lost, and I was unable to fill in the blanks. This is where you become very important. I need your help. I've written the beginning of the story, and have recorded it here for you, but it's far from finished. So listen carefully, because at the end of these first two parts, I have a few questions that I need you to answer so that I can continue. And then, I'll write the next part, and if I become stuck again, I think I'll have to ask you again. And I think we'll go from there until we can complete the story so that you can learn all about this land and the legends behind it. So let's begin. The story of Min and the Bay. Part 1. How the Bay Came to Be. Chapter 1. Min! Min! Where are you, Min? Sang called out into the bay, but heard no response. He'd been looking for his nephew Min for the last hour, but could not find him anywhere. There was nothing but fog and dark blue water as far as his eyes could see. Dinner is coming soon, and we don't have anything to eat. Sang began to speak out loud. I'm getting pretty hungry, and if you don't bring any fish soon, then I'm going to starve. He was yelling now into the skies. Then he sat back down and was quiet. The world around him was still for a second or two. Oh, don't be so dramatic, a voice called back out from the fog. I've got enough fish for today and tomorrow, too. Out of the white curtain, a long wooden boat crawled towards Sang. Inside it was a small boy who was paddling slowly. He turned softly to park the vessel. The boy wore a bamboo hat that looked like a cone atop his head. His boat was made from a strong wood and shaped like a rectangle. On each side of his boat rose poles that held up a green tarp over the back of the boat. The boat clearly wasn't made for speed. It was made not to sink. In front of the boy sat a metal basket that was jerking back and forth with the glittering scales of freshly caught fish. Chapter 2 Inside their floating house, Min and Sang sat down around a small fire. Sang began to work on the fish as Min prepared a tea for himself and his uncle. It's monsoon season soon, Sang said as he struck a large knife into the fish in front of him. It's always monsoon season, Min replied. You better be careful or you're going to get caught out in the rain and fog one of these days. I know every island around us, with or without fog. It'll take more than a little rain for me to get lost, Min replied. He was a confident boy. Sang returned to cutting the fish in front of him. He had already removed the bones from the first two fish and was quickly finishing the third. He knew talking to Min now was going to do no good. They needed to eat first. They were both very hungry. Min had been successful on the day and brought back a handful of fish, four of which were in front of Sang now. Three of them were groupers, Sang's favorite. One of them was different, though. 
It was colorful and big. Its scales shone brightly in the light from the fire. Where did you find this one? he asked his nephew. Min looked up from his tea slowly. I can't remember. He was lying. Min, where did you find this fish? I must have been behind Wave Island. I can't remember. Min sipped his tea as his uncle gave him a skeptical glance. The truth is, he knew exactly where he had gotten the fish. Sort of. You see, Min and Sang don't live in a normal bay. They live in a bay with islands as far as the eyes can see. Each of the islands raises out of the water like a small mountain with jagged cliffs that keeps anyone from coming ashore. There are thousands of these islands sitting in the bay like guardians of the water. Each one reaches up into the sky and pierces the fog that hangs low over the bay. They form a maze that makes it impossible to navigate. No two islands look the same, but only the best fisherman could say for certain where he was in the bay. That's why Min was only sort of certain where he had caught the beautiful fish that Sang was now examining. He knew that he had been exploring out farther than he should have, when a fog settled over the bay and blocked off his sight. He had paddled next to a large island that he thought was going to take him back home, but it had stead and taken him to a new area that was much more open. It was there that he had caught the colorful fish. After reeling it in, he had spent the entire afternoon weaving around various smaller islands before stumbling upon one that he recognized, Wave Island. It was called that because it rose out of the water with a curl, and the trees clung to it like the foam on top of a crashing wave. Min had worked his way easily back from Wave Island, but he had been late for dinner. He decided that Sang didn't need to know all of that. Chapter 3 Well, how does it taste? Min was now biting into the colorful fish as his uncle looked on. Oh, well, it's delicious, he responded before taking another large bite. It's really delicious, he repeated. Well, let me have a try. Sang held out his plate, and Min dropped a bit of fish onto it. Sang grabbed the fish with his chopsticks and popped it into his mouth. He chewed carefully for a few moments before swallowing. The fish wasn't just delicious. It was amazing. It had a rich flavor that melted on your tongue and seemed to penetrate into your gums and teeth. It left your entire mouth feeling as if it had been massaged. The taste reminded him of something far off. Deep within him, he couldn't quite put his finger on it. Sang knew that the fish wasn't from their islands. He'd spent his entire life around the same water and never seen it before. He knew that Min had wandered outside the safe area that they recognized, but he didn't want to bring it up just yet. He knew Min liked to explore just a bit too far, but he also knew that telling him to stop would only make it worse. Instead, he decided that a warning may help. After they had each finished their dinner and cleaned the table, Sang asked Min to come outside. They strolled out onto their porch that was bobbling in the waves. Sang stumbled slightly as he made his way to the side of the house where he had built a covered dock for his boats. He climbed into the first boat and motioned for Min to join him. The boy hopped in front as Sang took the paddles. Where are we headed? the boy asked. 
We're going to visit my favorite island, Sang responded as he began to row the boat. It's just over towards the south. I think you know the one. Sang paddled carefully for 15 minutes before a small rock came onto the horizon. The rock was no bigger than his house, and definitely the smallest island in the bay. Sang circled it once before finding a small spot on the side with a beach just big enough for two people to sit on. He guided the boat in towards the island onto the beach, and the two stepped onto the sand. Min, do you know the story of these islands? Sang began. Min shook his head, prompting his uncle to continue. These islands are no ordinary islands. They weren't always here. There used to be a vast bay here that opened the mainland to the sea. It was a popular area for traders to use as it connected the foreign lands to our cities. But it wasn't always a peaceful fishing spot. The place was troubled. Sang took a deep breath to collect himself. Min stared at him expectantly. Invaders used the open sea to attack us. This was an area of constant turmoil and aggression. The fishers here used to carry sticks and bows to protect themselves if necessary. There was always the threat of violence in the air. It remained a disputed area for a long time, until one day everything erupted. The invaders sent a hundred ships, the likes of which we had never seen. Their sails could be seen across the horizon. We were barraged by arrows in every direction. The fishers had organized their forces in defense of the mainland, but nearly every ship we had was sunk over the weeks of raids. Our people had begun to retreat to shore. We were preparing to move inland to the mountains when the evaders eventually came to shore. We would have surely been wiped out or scattered over time. Our people were on the verge of destruction. During all of this, our emperor had urged calm as we panicked. He said that help would come, but none of us believed him. There was no one to help. We were trapped. We had one day left before all of our forces collapsed and the enemy ships anchored. The cities were going to be taken. Sang looked out into the fog. Min's gaze was fixed firmly on his uncle. On the morning of the final stand, the sky was blue and cloudless. Our final ships prepared a defense that would surely be defeated. Men said goodbye to their loved ones and bravely readied for battle. The enemy ships began to appear as they approached shore. As the ships grew nearer, our emperor walked to the edge of the shore. He took the sharpest arrow from his satchel and placed it above a nearby torch. Then, he took the flaming arrow and placed it into his bow with care. Slowly, carefully, he aimed for the lead ship and released the flaming arrow high into the sky. All of our nation watched as it soared through the air. Suddenly, the temperature seemed to drop and the sun grew dim. A gust of wind swept across us. The flame on the arrow was extinguished and it fell hopelessly into the water. All of us stopped and stared. High in the air, a shadow appeared. There was a creature in the clouds. It resembled a bird. But as it moved closer, we saw that it was bigger. Much bigger. The emperor had promised help. But we hadn't realized what he meant. 
He had called on the ancient protectors to save us, and they came, and oh how they came, a mother and her two sons. Dragons. They flew over the sea like lightning, raining fire on the invaders' ships. The bay was alight with flames. The invaders launched attack against the mother dragon. They slung their largest boulder against her head, hoping to block her fiery breath. They managed to hit her, but all it did was chip her tooth and anger the mother. She destroyed every ship in a matter of minutes. The battle was won before noon. Sang paused. He remembered when he had first heard this story from his father. He remembered the awe he had felt at the next part. Min was silent in anticipation. The dragons had saved us, but when they looked on our land, they saw people broken by war. They felt regret at not coming earlier. The mother dragon wept for the losses. She vowed to save us again. She and her children ascended high into the sky above the bay. There was a great flash, and the sky seemed to fall. Thousands of dragon teeth started to crash into the bay, flattening the invader ships that lay burning. Each tooth was followed by another as they rained down for what felt like hours. As the final tooth fell into place, there was a sparkle in the sky that traveled to land. The dragons had shapeshifted to become human. They would help our people to rebuild from within, teaching us farming and herding, so that we could feed the casualties of the war. The bay was never the same. The dragon teeth formed the islands you see today, creating an impossible wall to stop another attack from the sea. The dragon's fire never left the area, and now we have a fog that hangs over us to this day. Min's eyes grew as he looked at his uncle. Never before had he heard the story of the dragons. Never before had he realized the significance of the bay. And this island we're on, Min. I'm sure you've noticed it's smaller than the rest. Well, that's because it is the chipped tooth of the mother. You'll notice that the water around this island is warm, warmer than the other water in the bay. That's because some of the fire was stuck in the tooth when it was chipped, and it remains here to this day, slowly burning itself inside the island. If you're ever lost, then you just need to follow the warmest current, and you'll find yourself back here. Don't you ever forget that. Min was transfixed. He could not say anything as him and Sang reboarded their boat and paddled back home. He went to bed that night dreaming of dragons. <laughs>